Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Born Identity course at the moment, and at the moment we're up to session four, or you will be up to session four the next time you meet, and the topic is who we are in Christ, the topic is who we are, and I've got a bit of a strange sort of take on that this morning, I've got a strange sort of text or scripture to use to expound upon that kind of thing, but just bear with me, I'll get someplace with it. The first thing I want to talk about, you know, I thought all these different things I could talk about when it comes to who we are in Christ, there's so many things that we could talk about when we're talking about who we are in Christ. But this morning, I wanted to talk about the simple statement that we are overcomers. We are overcomers. The Bible says we are overcomers. 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatever is born of God, which is all of us, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. I love that scripture. We are overcomers. Now, if you wouldn't mind, just I'm going to get somebody with that. Just turn you to your Bibles, please, to Matthew 13, verse 24. And I want to talk about the parable of the wheat and the tares. I'm going to be talking about that parable, and I'm going to get somewhere with it in a short while, I hope. It says, it says, Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted, but when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tears also appeared. So the servant of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tears? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, at least while you gather up the tears, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at that time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather tears, bind them into bundles to burn them, and then gather the wheat into my barns. Okay, so understand the times that we're living in. I understand that we're in a time where people don't make money so much. It's not a financial cash dollar thing. Their finances are, are earned by the crops that they have. Are you with me? So what Jesus is doing as he's using an agricultural metaphor to try to teach them something about the kingdom. Are you with me? He's using an agricultural metaphor to teach them something about the kingdom. He's using something they can understand to teach them about something they can't understand. Are you with me? So let, me just, let me just break this down. Jethro, come over here, please. Oh, just come over here, mate. Just, just be quick. So you've got to understand that the quality of your crop actually determines, quality of your crop determines how wealthy you're going to be. You get that? It determines your financial status. It determines your economic status. It determines where you sit in society. The quality of your crop, good crop, you get the picture, good crop, you, you look really, really good in society because you're earning lots of money, you're able to barter more, you're able to do more, all this kind of stuff like that. Bad crop, not so good. So let me just explain this piece of scripture. It goes, let me explain that this text. It says this, now he, he's, On the other side of the page, it actually explains the text. It says that a man, the owner of a farm comes and just sows. They're beautiful. That's great. 
It's like, keep going, keep going, stay right there. A man who owns a farm comes and sows seed. And when you explain it, he says that the man is Jesus. So that's Jesus, right? When he explains the parable, he says the man's Jesus. And he says he sows good seed, and then the explanation, he says this good seed is us. And he says the enemy comes along, right, and sees the good seed. The enemy comes along and sees the good seed and understands that if he lets that seed grow well, then the status of this guy, Christ, is going to be uplifted. You get what I'm saying? So the enemy understands this. This is what's happening in this text. He's seeing this enemy's there. Uh, the Jesus is there. He's sowing good seed. The enemy says, I don't like that good seed. Because if that good seed comes to fruition, then he's going to get the glory. Are you with me? So that's what's happening in this text. So that's what's happening in this text. The enemy doesn't want the good seed to grow because it'll give God the glory. So I don't know if you know, but that's unseen struggle that happens in the heavenlies right now. Because Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like this. He's talking about a kingdom principle, and he's referring, you get what I'm saying? So he explains it through an agricultural metaphor so that people understand it. He understands, okay, good. Moving right on. The first point is this, we are God's good seed. You say, I am his good seed. Forget about your sister next to you. I am his good seed. No, don't do that. Just joking. I am his good seed. I am his good seed. Get that in your head. I am God's good seed. I, not him, I, everyone go like, get, I am God's good seed. And when you, when you acknowledge the brilliance and the magnificence and the wonder and the beauty of God's creation, you get to understand what he means by that. See, God says, let there be light. And there was. He says, then let there be waters under the heavens gathered together. And then you see, what did he say? And he saw it was good. Then he says, and God says, let, let the earth bring forth grass and herb. And then he says, the Lord said it was good. Then it says, let there be light to the firmament of heaven. And again, God says, that is good. And he says, let the waters abound. You get the story. And all of creation, the beauty, the wonder of creation, God said it is good. But when he looks at you every single day, he says, this is my good seed. Every single day of your life that you wake up, no matter what you think about yourself, God says, you are my good seed. God says, you are my good seed. It's no small thing that God calls you his good seed. You've got to understand that. It's no small thing at all. It's a huge compliment that God calls us his good seed. The Bible says that we are his workmanship. He spoke everything else to being, but he formed and he fashioned us. He spoke everything else, but no, I formed you. In the womb, I fashioned you. I fashioned you. You are my good seed. You get what I'm saying? And this is why the enemy comes against God. This is why the enemy comes against the seed. Because he understands the quality of the seed. He understands the integrity of the seed is so good that it must grow. So this is why you get in in the story. This is why the enemy came. He came to devalue the seed. You with me? He came to devalue the crop. Because if he let that crop grow, oh my goodness, he will get the glory. So he comes to devalue the crop. This whole text is about the integrity and the value of the seed. You, me, us. So he comes to devalue the crop, the harvest. Are you with me? But I also understand this. He's not, 
His fight isn't aimed against you, it's aimed against the owner. So often we walk around, oh, the devil's against me. He's not against you, he's against him. The fight's not yours. So what the enemy does, he comes and he tries to devalue the crop. And he does it by planting thoughts, bad thinking. He comes and he um, puts ideas and questions inside your heart that questions who you are. We know he did it with Adam. Did he really say? We know he did it with Jesus. Are you with me? He says he comes and he puts questions in your mind. Who knows what I'm talking about here? He comes and he puts questions in your mind, questioning the integrity of the seed. You. He comes and he questions that. And I've got to say, he's gotten pretty good at it. I don't like to give him credit, but he's gotten pretty good at it. Because when I look around church and I walk around Christian circle, how are you going, mate? Oh, mate, I hate my life. Oh, I hate my job. hate my kids. Hate my church. It's like, oh my goodness. You get what I'm saying? Who's run into those Christians before? Don't look at me. Um, seriously, you know, you meet with people and you say, how are you going, mate? Yeah, you, you're well, oh, mate. And this negative, this stuff comes out. This negative filth comes out of their mouth. And it makes me want to shake them. It makes me want to give them a slap on the shoulder and say, mate, do you know who you are? You are the good seed of God. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? You're the good seed of God, you know. And I'm not saying, you know, you've just got to remember that you are the good seed of God. It's, it's just amazing. I am his good seed because my God is good and he preaches the good news. It's all good. It's all good. Say it's all good. It's all good. Seriously. It's all good. And I'm not saying that I haven't had times where, you know, the enemy's gotten there and I don't know if I'm Arthur or Martha. I don't know if I'm coming or going. Who's had those days before? Yeah, yeah. You don't know if you're, you don't know if you're a blessing or a curse. You know what I mean? You know, you don't know if you're righteous or wicked. All on the same day. I've had those days. I'm not saying we don't have those days, but you've got to remember that you've got to remember that he who began a good work in you Come on. He who began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus. What I'm saying is you ought to be walking different. You ought to be talking different. Because understanding who you are, I am the good seed of God. Not cocky, confident in who I am in Christ. You ought to be wake up intentionally and say to yourself, you're good. But you ought to be, seriously, Walking with a brand new walk. We're so downtrodden as Christians. We ought to bring glory to him, but we bring, oh my gosh. You know, hey, hey, you're a Christian. Yeah, I'm a girl. We're here to bring glory to him. See, the seed was created to bring him glory. Are you with me? Right. So, first point is you are the good seed of God. You are the good seed of God. Second point is you are designed and purpose to produce a harvest. You are designed and purpose to produce a harvest. Here's the deal. I don't know if you know this, but when tears and wheat, when they planted together at a young age, they actually look very, very similar. Tears and wheat actually look very similar at a young age. It's not only until it produces a crop that you're able to identify the difference. See, when the wheat produced the crop, then they could tell that there was tears. Are you with me? Right. I'm going somewhere with this. It's not until it produces a crop that you're able to see the difference. Now, now this here, it's brand new, right? You're thinking, what is it? It's okay. It's brand new. What I like about it is it's clean. I've cleaned it. I've cleaned it. I've cleaned it. But 
you can see it's been designed for a purpose. Are you getting what I'm saying? You can see that someone made this for a purpose. They've shaped it. They've done something. They've done something for a purpose. But if I go and use this little baby here to try and write something, it's going to be ineffective, obviously. If I try and use this thing to speak as a microphone, it's going to be ineffective, obviously. Why? Because it's not doing what it's been purposed to do. It's not doing what it's been purposed to do. It's only when this does what it's purposed to do does it become effective. Are you with me? It's only when this thing does what it's purposed to do does it become effective. He's trying to find his purpose. He's not too sure yet. He knows he's shaped for something. You know, all this kind of stuff. So many Christians, a brand new creation, they're clean, but they're not effective. Did you just say, yes, I did. There's so many Christians who live their life clean, clean of the sin of the, of the world. They've been, they're a brand new creation, but they're not effective because they have never found their purpose in life. Are you with me? You've never found your purpose. And until you find your purpose, only then can you become, this better word, effective. Are you with me? Only then, only when you find your purpose, do you become effective. You were all designed and shaped for a purpose. We can sit in church for years and do not a thing. We can sit in church for years cleansed, brand new creation, and yet not be effective on what we're supposed to be doing. What are we supposed to be doing? Go and making disciples. You were shaped, you were formed, you were, you, everything about you was formed for that task. Isn't that funny? How do you know when you're fulfilling your purpose, it's when you start impacting other people around you. It's when you start impacting other things around you. Singularly, it does nothing. But when it does its purpose, it starts having an impact on the things around it. You get what I'm saying? Pretty common, pretty basic. That's when you know that you're fulfilling your purpose. Is this okay? Excuse the pun, if I can get this out. When you find the core of your purpose, <laughs> I, it was I worked on that for ages <laughs> it's not true it's not true see when you find the core of your purpose that's when you produce the crop that's when you get the good seed are you with me when you find the core of the purpose of what you're supposed to do in this, on this world that's when you start producing fruit that's when you start producing you, you, you know what I'm saying here's the thing though here's the thing it says until the tears produce a crop. When the tears produce a crop, then they saw, then they saw the tears. When the wheat produced a crop, then they saw the tears. Here's the deal. The enemy doesn't want you fruitful. He wants you looking the same as the world. The enemy doesn't want you to be fruitful. He doesn't want you to produce a crop because when you do, then they can say, ah, oh, there's a Christian. You get what I'm saying? So what he does is he keeps that thing down and don't find your purpose. Don't be that kind of stuff because then people don't know if you're a tear or wheat. But we are called to make a difference. That's why he's trying to stop the seed from becoming fruitful because then people will be able to differentiate you're the Christian. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that God says you will know them by their fruit. You will know them by by their fruits they will be known. I wonder sometimes, what's the difference between me and the world? What fruit am I producing that 
that differentiates me from the world. Are you with me, church? Anyone else ask that? Often. What's the difference between me and the world? It's fruit. It's fulfilling the purpose that God has placed in your life and bearing good fruit. That's the difference. First one is you are the good seed. Second one, you have designed and purposed to bear fruit. Awesome. This is you. I'm talking about you. This is not, this, I'm talking about you. This is me. I love this thing. It says that, uh, the last one, he says that, that, um, that the farmer, he sowed the seed of wheat. And he says that the enemy come along and uh, planted tears around the wheat. You've got to understand that he planted tears around the wheat. He didn't have the power to affect the wheat. He could only put stuff around the wheat. Are you with me? Remember Job? He had to get permission to actually affect Job. And you get what I'm saying? But so it says here that he actually put stuff around the wheat. I can't, I can't touch the wheat. I can't touch the wheat. The integrity of that seed is far too strong. I can't touch it, but what I can do is put stuff around them, put circumstances around them to try to stop their growth. Because the tears are sucking up the nutrients that were meant to be for you. Yeah? The tears are there sucking up the water, sucking up the nutrients that are meant to be for you, stunting your growth. Well, that's, that's his plan anyway. Isn't it funny when you, I don't know about you guys, but when something good happens in life, something bad almost happens right next to it. Anybody? And funnily enough, we're surprised. We're surprised. Like, oh my gosh, there's tears next to my wheat. Like, I don't know. It's in the word. You know what I mean? We get surprised like, like foolish men who are uneducated in the ways of the kingdom. But he's, God's trying to tell us something here. He says when something good happens, something bad, but that's okay. It's all right. He says it's okay. Because when the guys come along and they say, who's, actually, who did it? You know, it's like two steps forward and one step back. He lives their life like that, you know. And, and you start, like, like the farmers, like the, the servants, you start doubting the farmer's seed. You're like, oh, gosh, man, I thought, you know, he says, didn't you plant good seed? You know, the, you know, the, the, the workers? Didn't you plant good? They start doubting the integrity of the seed. And sometimes we do that. We start doubting because stuff happens around us and circumstances happen. We start doubting whether I'm all that. I start doubting whether it's all in me. Maybe it's for him or maybe it's for her, but not me. It's for someone else because all this stuff keeps happening around me. Isn't that beautiful? Now, I wish that I had known this when I was 10 years younger. If I could go back and be the person 10 years ago, it would be phenomenal. Do you know why? Because I know the answer. I know the end of the story. If I could go back to that guy, I would say, you know that thing that you worry about? Don't worry about it. I've seen the end of the story. You know that thing that's in front of you? It's okay. Laugh at it. Walk away. I've seen the end of the story. You know that other thing that you're facing? It's all good. Right? Stop worrying. I've seen the end of the story. I've seen it all. Stop worrying. And you know what? There's so many Christians worrying. Isn't it funny that when the, when the servants come to the owner and say, do you want us to remove them? He says, let them be. Just leave them there. Leave them there. Just, just leave them there. You're like, what? what? You know, help me out here. He says, just leave them there. Because the deal is, he says, that if you rip up the tear, you'll also rip up the wheat at the same time. Sometimes when you're trying to fix a problem, you're actually causing yourself more damage. Sometimes when you're trying to fix everything, you're actually doing more damage to yourself than you think. Because God says that the battle is not yours, it's mine. 
Are you with me? The battle's not yours, it's mine. But we go around trying to fix everything, trying to pull out that and pull out that, causing us more drama when God says, no, 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 just, just, just wait a little, because I know the end of the story. Just spend a little time with me. Just trust a little bit. Just trust it and it comes through like I said I would. And the deal is we know the end of the story now. It's all good. We know the end of the story, yeah? He says, yeah, yeah, I know they're with you for now. Just let it be. One of the things that we've got to do is just let things be. Stop worrying so much. Stop freaking out. God is in control. You hear what I'm saying? Just let it be. Yeah, but what about, just, hey, just let it be. Because I know the end of the story. He says, I know the end of the story. And there will be a time, it may not be now, but there will be a time when I will separate those things for you and you will be in my presence. That's why we can say, if God is for me, who can be against me? That's why we can proclaim with confidence. If God is for me, who can be against me? That's why you can do that. Because you can let it be. Some of you guys got some stuff that you can't sleep about at night. Right now, it's keeping you awake. God's saying, let it be. Some of you got some big, massive things that seem like mountains. It's just, let it be and trust me. He says, the fight is not yours, it's mine. God is for me, who can be against me? You with me, church? Yeah. If God is for me, who can be against me? Three points. Yeah. Three points. You're God's good seed. Remember that. Wake up every day and declare that. You're good. Look at that. You're good, boy. You're good. Secondly, you were designed and purpose to bear fruit. And until you find that purpose, you'll be ineffective. You know what I mean? Last one, you win. You know the end of the story. Let it go. Let it be. God is in control. Learn to trust. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.